can't say I've ever begun a sermon at a memorial service talking about hell. Don't worry. It's just one of the last discussions I had with Fred about a week before he died. One he requested, perhaps, as part of his preparation. He immediately wondered if he might be headed somewhere other than God's promised resting place. But I knew it was truly a vintage Fred moment. So I was unsure whether to take him seriously. Fred's dry wit always seemed on the lookout. He knew how much I loved to take things seriously, too seriously at times. And he adored gently teasing me out of my seriousness by, well, you know, leading me on. So I asked him, what would you be taking with you? And would hell want you with what you'd bring? He had to smile. A bit of love, well, more than a bit when it came to Fred, as so many of you know. And what about that sense of humor? One saint reminds us to laugh at the devil, for the keeper of hell itself cannot bear scorn. It seemed to me that Fred did precisely that early and often. Not a welcome quantity for Hades or hell, however we might wish to conceive it. It also recalled to my mind an ancient story of Christianity, which remembers Christ descending into hell between the crucifixion and resurrection in order to bring the gospel to all those who are ensnared there. The result in our spiritual tradition is a great revolution in the foundation of all creation, an exodus that dwarfs all. Death is broken. The grip of evil is forever loosed. Fred smiled knowingly and said, quite simply, the harrowing of hell. Which brought forth the image of great ominous gates wrought off their hinges, the chains of evil rendered impotent. So Fred and I agreed that he was just simply too big for hell. <laughs> too big even for death. We chuckled. Of course he was. Of course he is. As he lives in Christ and the risen Christ lives in him. Fred's great incisive mind and his insatiable love for great music for justice for all people, his enjoyment of a great argument, great friendships, a great marriage, his heartfelt desire for that long-held vision of a feast of rich food, of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with morrow, and the destruction of the shroud that is cast over all peoples. Well, it's why we're all here today, isn't it? A life much too big, too jovial, too full of beauty, life and adventure to fit into ever-diminishing circles that might best define whatever it is that is the opposite of the expansive generosity of God.
Indeed, it was that divine generosity that was at the center of Fred's concern in that last conversation with me. And I began to learn yet another great spiritual lesson from him. As so many of you who walked with Fred in the last several weeks of his life know, the greatest challenge he faced is one that so many of us face as the body and even the mind began to fail. Could he still be generous as his God called him to be, was his burning question. Could he still give to his beloved in those final hours of weakness? But my learning from Fred was this. Even when all that has made us powerful in this life is slipping away, there is still a remarkable capacity to do the only generous and truly divine things that matter. For Fred, that was remembering his sense of humor, which he did, and keep on loving, which he also did. All you had to do was watch Fred's face light up when Nancy entered the room or friends came to visit him. To hold his hand with its firm musician's grasp, even while the rest of his body lay in bed weakened. To chuckle with him at the minutiae and the trivia and even the serious matters of life in those final hours. It was to me a powerful reminder that physical and mental strength and even freedom from pain are not prerequisites for doing the only thing that might be required of us by God, and that is to love and indeed laugh out of the grace we have received. Now, we might hesitate for a moment to call Fred a saint. We all knew him to be a curmudgeon at times, perhaps more often than at times. A character he was often. With all the hats he wore, they were many and colorful, as you'll see in the reception afterwards. His sharp intellect suffered no foolishness. His strong opinions always left opposition struggling for ground. And he had many edges and misadventures in life and even to a certain degree in death. And of course there were those startling, those sometimes tongue-in-cheek ambitions. An entire symphony orchestra for his memorial service, for instance. (laughs) That would not have been good enough. But of course, if we really dig into the lives of those we remember as saints, what do we find? Curmudgeons. Faithful, opinionated folk like Fred who brazenly call out truth even when it is unpopular. Dreamers with unrealistic ambitions. Difficult people for their unswerving loyalty like Fred's to justice, to accountability, to authenticity. Difficult people who laugh at and question the powers of the world 
and set out with the spirit of God to deliberately and unequivocally undercut arrogance. The unreasonable folk who knock without hesitation, the overly serious and the self-important. People who recognize that indeed creation longs for the revealing of the children of God. That is, they will be revealed whether we want them to be or not. And of course, that one other thing, most saints that I know of have a sense of humor. To paraphrase Ralph Waldo Emerson, they laugh often and love much. So at the risk of wounding his modesty, and Nancy might rightly warn me that I'll have to answer to Fred for this at some later point, it seems to me that by these measures, Fred more than qualifies for sainthood. But above all, Fred allowed himself to be transformed by God's grace. A salvation open to all and revealed in self-offering and resurrection. In the words of our gospel today, Fred knew intimately the one who utters, I am the resurrection and the life. It was revealed so magnificently in his marriage to Nancy and the love for his family, his love for this community, in the affection and devotion to great art that moves, heals, and inspires. We were all touched by what touched Fred. Not in spite of him, but through him. And that is a gift he has left with us that will live even longer than memory itself. Christ reaches all with resurrection and life through Fred's example and witness. And we, well, we will never be the same. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.